0: Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that new weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right. Good morning, man. Uh, welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. Another Sunday morning. About an hour late because Zencaster wasn't working and Lalo slept in, but that's no big deal, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Morning. Nothing dude. out of the ordinary. <laughs> One of us is either getting a phone call at uh, Home Depot, which I, I did last time. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. How you been, man? Uh Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good I didn't see much point. this week.
1: Yeah, I've been. Uh, we've been moving a lot of stuff at work just for the whole like split that's happening. Oh yeah, getting a lot of stuff ready and. Than just like my regular job duties that I normally do.
0: Yeah, I spent the first part of the week, the first two days in jury duty, (laughs) all the way up until Wednesday. Well, I guess Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. Oh, last week? Yeah, uh, some. I got involved. I got involved in some jury selection, and
1: (laughs) my brother was there. You probably might have seen him, but just didn't realize it was him. Your brother was Uh, there. Yeah, he was a jury duty to all all of last week, Monday through Friday. He actually got selected to the jury. He was an alternate juror.
0: Okay. Then I did see him. I was in there when they selected the alternates.
1: Okay, yeah. He was like, there was only two alternate jurors, I think. Mm -hmm. And one was like an older lady and he was like the younger looking kid. So okay, (laughs) he was the
0: younger looking kid. Isn't that fucking weird how the world is so small when we run into people that, you know, It's just, (laughs) I was watching, um, I was watching this YouTube thing, this short film the other day on YouTube called something about two guys who meet five times and it goes through Mm -hmm. their entire life. They, they see each other when they're children and then when they're old, old men and they never, you know, really realized that they were the person that they had been with their entire life. It's, it's really odd. If you spend your life in like Bakersfield or or any town you're you're gonna run into people that know other people that you don't know, yeah <laughs> well, have you ever heard of um six degrees of separation yeah
1: yeah, um so I mean basically, for like the people that don't know that's like this theory that uh they say that you know any two people in the world can be connected to each other within six um like acquaintances you know six people that they know yeah so you know I know a dude that knows a guy that knows a girl that knows this person that knows fucking
0: My Kim Jong-un
1: you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> we went two
1: different ways right there
0: <laughs> not really <laughs> <laughs> but there's that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon that people play <laughs> you know that eat anything in the any movie can be boiled down to Kevin Bacon <laughs> yeah
1: so, you know, that, that really goes to show you how how small the world is. And, well, you know, I get those, like, instances all the time, like, you know, I'll see somebody or I'll meet somebody, and then, you know, I'll talk to somebody else and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know them. Or like, oh, I went to school with them. I saw them here, blah, blah. And it's just like, every time that happens to me, I'm like, damn, small world.
0: It is. It really is. There's only, what, 7 billion people? But you're going to meet 25 <laughs> of them in your life, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of movies like that. Mind, there's a mind the gap, and where two people are interacting all day long, and they don't have any fucking clue. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Like, have you seen? Uh, have you ever seen the movie Vantage Point? Vantage Point. No. As, uh, fuck, what's that dude's name? I can't remember their names right now, but it's a really good movie. It's like a, it's like this presidential like assassination. And it's, like, from the view of, like, seven different people. Like, oh, you'll okay. replay the same event, like, the assassination event, like, mm-hmm. seven times. But each one from their, you know, vantage point. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And then and then it shows you how, like, at the end, they, like, intertwine, um, you know, to, like, figure out who did it and, like, how it happened and what, what went down. It's, it's uh, a pretty cool movie.
0: Uh, you know, the director, Japanese director Akira Kurosawa?
1: Uh no I don't know them.
0: Okay, he he's really famous. He uh did Seven Samurai and things like that, but he has a movie where seven people are telling the story about a murder and you get to put the, put it together throughout the the movie and uh 10 conversations about one thing where Matthew McConaughey runs over a person in the road and it's 10 different stories about the vantage points from from that. It's like like I said it's like you said, it's a small fucking world man and every every one of our actions has reverberations throughout so many people's lives and and we never even realize it and that you know kind of brings me what what i was talk what I was thinking about today to talk about is like you can do a tiny thing and make these huge changes in another person's life and not know it, or you can do a huge thing like shoot up a bunch of fucking people, and change everything. So did you hear about the this morning? This morning, no. Sunday morning, Miami-Dade, there's a party this morning, and a Mm -hmm. white Nissan Pathfinder pulls up and just starts shooting indiscriminately into the crowd, kills two people, injures 20. So we have another one this morning, man. Oh, damn. Damn. I know. yeah, injured twenty, killed two, and then kind
1: rap concert. It says right here. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, um, damn, that's crazy. That sounds like a drive-by type of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Not like you know, there's there's that kind of shooting where you just pull up and just start mowing people down the crowd, and then there's that San Jose motherfucker that you know, it's like calculated and he was calculated and and focused and. They said, um, I heard yesterday that he ran into somebody that he didn't know. And he said, I like you. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. That's like chilling. It is, man.
1: It's, uh, could- there's like this meme um, that I've seen before where it's like, uh, it says like when you become friends with the, with the weird kid. So when he shoots up the school, he doesn't go after you. <laughs> right (laughs) and it's like it's like a screenshot of a text thread and it's like you know the kid texting you like hey don't go to school tomorrow (laughs) and the guys are like thanks man appreciate it
0: (laughs) not funny but hilarious
1: okay (laughs) yeah so it's like it's crazy how uh like you said those little things can affect you know big changes kind of you know like the whole
0: like butterfly effect right the butterfly flapping its wings in the south seas creates a hurricane and somewhere else
1: (laughs) yeah so it's i don't know if you remember um a few years ago there was like the shooting here in bakersfield where this dude went around and shot like and killed like five or six people um he like drove around to different places like at a business and then He went to, like, somebody's house and, like, killed two people there. And then he, like, uh, killed himself at the end after the police, like, chased him down.
0: That was here in town?
1: Yeah, that was here in town.
0: Oh, Christ, I missed that one. Um,
1: Well, it was, like, a big thing, like, a big story. And I remember I seen it, like, um, it was a a weekday. And I seen it, uh, like, in the afternoon, like, news cycle, you know? Like, I saw it on Facebook and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, like, damn, that's fucking crazy, you know? Like here in town, and, you know, I just went to bed like normal. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like getting ready for, for my class because I had an 8 a.m. class. And my mom, she like burst into my room, like just bawling her eyes out. And I, I mean, I, I don't think that's ever a good sign, you know? Right. And she tells me that uh, one of the people that was killed was uh, my uncle. Your
0: um, uncle was killed in a mass shooting?
1: Yeah, here um uh yeah, it was like a few years ago. I think it was Damn, I can't dude. remember exactly what year it was. Um it says right here 2018. Yeah. Um so basically what had happened was um the uh the dude it was like they worked at this trucking company, right? Him and his wife. They worked at the same tracking company. And he uh he uh he had suspicion that his wife was like cheating on her, cheating on him with like some some of the employees there. Like he was just very paranoid about it, you know. <laughs> Cause yeah, like they apparently. worked together and like he would see like uh you know, see he would see her talking to like other people, but I mean she worked there, so she kinda she can't just ignore everybody, you know um so this dude and then they were getting a divorce so he was convinced that you know they were getting a divorce to like so she could like leave him for another dude there and i think that just made him like snap or something so he went around he had like this big ass fucking like uh, revolver like probably like a 50 cal revolver or something and he like showed up to work one day with his wife, like at gunpoint, he like, uh, kidnapped her and was like, you know, taking her to work. And he was like, show me, like, like, tell me who you've been like sleeping with. And, uh, obviously, you know, she, she didn't say anything. Cause like, she was like, you know, as far as we know, she wasn't doing anything. So she didn't like, you know, point anybody out. So he just went around like, uh, shooting all the people like he suspected. Um, and I guess one of them was my uncle. And cause he like called them up to like the office, you know, of the business. And like one of the dudes, he like came around the corner. And as soon as he got there, the dude just like shot him. And then my uncle was like, probably like a few steps behind him. And, uh, he saw him get shot. So he just took off running, you know? Um, oh, and the, dude. the guy like chased him down and then he eventually, uh, the guy got in his car and he chased down my uncle cause he was on foot and i think one of the for i mean for me like one of the saddest part was he uh, where he works where he worked my uncle there was like it's on weed patch highway it's like right off the freeway um there's a gun store right there um so he like you know that like came into his mind and he booked it to the gun store you know it's like fuck you like, like there's people there with guns you know <laughs> yeah um so he ran to there but it was closed cuz it was a little bit after 5 so it was closed um and you know it was all gated up and then that's where the dude like uh like got like caught up to him and he like shot him in the chest but i mean it's a fucking 50 caliber bullet that shit's gonna you know tear a big ass hole into you yeah dude and then i think after that he went to another employee's home and he shot and killed him and then his his older daughter was there that the employee's daughter was there and she tried, you know, to defend her dad. And then she caught he uh, He shot and killed the dude's daughter. And then he took off. And then that's when the police started chasing him. And then they caught up to him. They, they like, cornered him into, like, some, like, junkyard. And, uh, you know, that's where he, he just, like, shot himself in the chest right there and then killed himself. And I remember, like, hearing, you know, like I said the day before, like, the day it happened, I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy, you know, like, here in town. And then, you know, you wake up the next morning to find out that it's like somebody that you knew. So it was my it was my dad's sister's husband.
0: Oh, that's um, fucking terrible, dude. I did not know that.
1: So it's uh um it's pretty like you said, you know, it's a it's a small world a small small world. Like everything could fucking happen in an instant and then, you know, next thing you know, Like your whole life is like, you know, flipped upside down, you know, for, for what, like five or six families right there in that instance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, even more than that, because I just got Kevin (laughs) Baconed. because I had no, I had a mass shooting had not touched me at all. I mean, it was always someone else and I didn't know, but now I know somebody whose family member has been caught in a mass shooting. Yeah. Fuck. Well, that just changed my day.
1: <laughs> so I mean it's it's crazy to think about like um do you remember that Vegas shooting at that concert uh
0: yeah.
1: when it was like fucking like 50 people dead. Yeah, 50. like I knew I knew Did you see
0: how many people were wounded in that? There were probably fucking, like hundreds. were 500 people and I think it was 58 yeah. dead and like 543 wounded.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean this dude's like up on a fucking perch oh, just yeah. like mowing at people. And it's like a big ass crowd, you know, like there's like that's they're, you know, they're sitting ducks at that point. Yeah, he's higher ground. He's he's got a view of everybody. And a lot of people, if you watch the videos of when the shooting began, um, they didn't like take off like they didn't disperse, you know, they all kind of just duck
0: hunkered down Cause they,
1: <laughs> Yeah, because they didn't think, oh, the dudes up top, they probably thought, you know, he's like walking like, you know, at our level. But then, you know, they started to realize, like, no, these bullets are, like, coming from above. And then by that time, there was, you know, how many, how much damage done.
0: Yeah. Was that this, was that with this year? Was that 2021 or 2020?
1: No, I think that was, like, 19.
0: Oh, okay. 19 or 18. Well. Man, but, I mean, most-
1: even then, like, I knew people that were thinking about going to that show. Uh, I had some friends that, uh they lived in Vegas. And, you know, they wanted to go to the show and they just last minute they just didn't go so it's like it's crazy to think about how you know one little decision could like fuck up your your whole life or in some cases save your life
0: yeah i you know after after um after i had that bad car accident my kid got killed i used to, i fucking tortured myself with that and i know a lot of people do you know it's like i you keep thinking, well, if I had just stopped to tie my shoe, you know, just something I wouldn't have been in that spot at that particular moment, but you can't do that to yourself because (laughs) everything you do changes the future. So how can you, you know, avoid bad things? You can't, it's impossible. So it, it took a lot, a long time for me to get over that if I had just stopped for a second. So But the the culture we live in, man, I'm starting, you know, I hear your story about your uncle and when we're talking about mass shootings and we're talking about Miami-Dade this morning. I'm getting to the point where I'm a little paranoid now. I mean, I don't mean in a bad way. I don't mean, I mean, I think everybody in our culture is becoming hypervigilant. You got to be yeah it's everywhere i mean you just said here bakersfield i i happened to miss that one i don't know why but uh, good god man i don't i don't know how to even look at it it before i was looking this morning there were there's 10 over 10 mass shootings per week already in 2021 we've got 194 mass shootings in 18 weeks man that's fucking crazy
1: yeah and It's to the point where I think a lot of people are just like, I don't, I don't like, we don't fucking know like what, what to do at this point when it comes to like trying to fix it, you know?
0: Yeah. you
1: You could go over the regular talking, like fucking, you know, gun control laws and, you know, just the usual shit that just people bring up every time one of these shootings happens. Yeah. But it's like, to me, I feel like we're, kind of becoming almost desensitized to like mass shootings. It's well, just yeah. a norm nowadays because it's just, it just happens. Like we just, we just wait till the end of the year to see like, Oh, how many were there in total this year instead of like how many, or like how, what can we do to prevent it from happening yeah, and actually I do agree. these things? I just talk about them and, you know, fight over them. And then at the end, nothing really changes.
0: Well, w- yesterday I was in, well, let me back up, dude. There's three, there's, we could talk about three, right? Three different kinds right now. Miami-Dade, where it was like, I don't know anybody. I'm just shooting into the crowd. And and San Jose, where I know the people and I'm going to avoid people that aren't what I consider guilty in my mind. And I'm going to let them walk. And then you've got that one that was in LA last week where that fucking idiot just shoots up that car and kills that little boy in the back seat. Mm-hmm. So there's three different kinds right there, three different mindsets, three different kinds of guns. The one in San Jose, San Jose was registered. I'm sure the one in Miami Dade wasn't, and the shooting in 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 LA, you don't know. So you've got three different kinds of shootings, three different kinds of mentalities. And then yesterday, I was down in Rosedale, and there was one of those fucking people waving flags, and, and every other flag was a picture of an AR-15 that says, come and try and take it from me. So was it on uh, Callaway? Callaway, yeah. No, yeah, Callaway. I see. it's on coffee. Oh, coffee okay.
1: and Rosedale. By like the Red Lobster? Yeah. Yeah, there's always
0: like a little flag stands right there. So how can you have 194 mass shootings in 18 weeks? 7,500 people were killed this year already and go down in a public place and wave fucking flags that have ar-15s on them you are not that's not right to me it's just it's just like guns are not the problem but the only thing to me that that ties all those things together are fucking guns because you've got three different like i said three different kinds of mentality three different kinds of shootings Three different situations, and the only thing that's similar about all of those situations and all those people is they had a fucking gun. Now, what are we going to do? And like you said, you, you can go through the fucking talking points again, but that doesn't do that doesn't do shit, man. That doesn't do shit. Yeah, and it's I think it's one of those things
1: where a lot of people, until it like affects them personally, to some degree. Um, it's kind of, it's going to be like the same mindset for them, you know? Yeah. Um, like I've seen, I remember I saw an interview in time with like, uh, business owners when it was, when it came to like the whole, like, uh, like mask mandates and like COVID stuff. And there was this one, uh, he was like a restaurant owner, like a bar owner. And you could tell he was like, it's one of those things, like not to be stereotypical, but like. You could look at you could look at him and be like, "This dude's a hardcore like Trump supporter," just by looking at him. Right. But when they were asking him about like masks and uh, and you know enforcing it, he said he was like, "It's it's uh, mandated in his restaurant. Like he's all, like, you know, if they don't like it, like they could go somewhere else." But you could tell like the way he was answering the questions, and you know, I'm I'm kind of just making assumptions here, but for me, like I'm I'm pretty good at like reading like body language and. Uh, like demeanor and tone and all that kind of stuff you know sure and i just had this feeling like this dude like was affected by this shit like he probably had a family member die or something because there's no way like he he was just very like almost kind of like numb when answering the questions about uh wearing masks and stuff um and he like kept looking down you know like he wouldn't look at the camera so you could tell it was probably one of those topics where like at first he didn't give a fuck and like you know Uh, you know mask or fake and blah 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 but like once it hit home it like you know it it really it changes you yeah uh and i think it's the same thing for uh for like guns and stuff uh or for like most issues like if when it it, like directly affects you or it impacts you that's really when you know that switch flips in your in your mind and uh you know it kind of sometimes it makes you like change your views on things you know
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It, but at the same time, there are those people who, you know, they're hardcore, like take the gun situation. They're hardcore gun people, and somebody close to them gets shot, and they're still like, it wasn't the gun's fault. And they become some sort of hero of the movement. I've seen that happen more times than I'd like to say. But in I, ho- I would hope in most cases, even – like I said, that guy probably was hardcore against mask. And then something happened and he didn't want to change his mind, but he did. So I yeah. got respect. I got respect for people that will change their mind, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but I don't have any respect for people that will look in the face of thousands of people dead and still wave an AR 15 flag. Yeah. I, I can't see it.
1: And I mean, I get the sentiment behind it. Like, Uh, like you said, you know, the, regardless of, of what happens you know, they don't blame the, the gun itself. Yeah. Um, and you know, for the most part, I don't want to say I agree with them, but like, I'm more on the, it's the ability to get a gun, like how easy it is for, you know, certain people to get a gun and then the actual people themselves, uh, getting that gun. Yeah. Um, that I think is the bigger issue. Um. If that makes sense, like you know, um, just getting a gun in in some states is like easier than fucking voting. So
0: in fourteen think, states now, really easier.
1: <laughs> I don't think that should be. I don't think that should ever be a, a thing, you know. Um, like in Texas, I think they just passed that that law, or they're about to pass it, where you don't need a license to like open carry, which means you don't need to go take that training course to get the license which means, you know, everybody and their mom could just walk around with a gun all the time. Uh, Which, I mean, it'll it'll look cool for their, you know, Republican base, but all you need is, like, one or two outliers. Um, You know, there's, there's there's crazy people everywhere. So, you know, you just need one or two to, like, really, you know, take advantage of all these, like, little loopholes and all these, you know, different laws. And that's all it takes for it to, you know set set somebody off and make them go like on a rampage you know
0: well there's somebody uh close to both of us that we know and is a hardcore gun nut and and i don't and i say that lovingly gun nut in this case but i asked him the other day i was like you know about the new texas law and there's several states that are doing it now i said you know about the new texas law it's like if you can walk upright you can go ahead and carry and he was like no man i'm like yeah you it's open carry concealed carry doesn't matter welcome to texas and even he and his zeal to keep guns uh, within the the culture he even he was like that that's that's too much because you, you can't give a gun to a person that's not trained and, and say, here, go ahead and carry it. They're going to shoot themselves. They're going to shoot something. <laughs> Accidentally, it's going to be a Barney Fife moment, you know, where they're trying to pull the weapon out of the holster and they shoot their foot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a car, uh, which we've made in this podcast, you and I have talked about several times, cars and guns. If you have to register your car, why don't you have to register your gun? You know, if you have to take training to drive a car, why not the to- a, carry a gun it's just that simple why don't we it, there it is there it is lalo another fucking talking point that's not going to work there's 393 million guns in the united states brother <laughs> that's more than people in the united States. yeah that's more than people in the united states so wh- what the fuck are we going to do you, you want something easy to get, yeah, it's a gun. I I could probably go get one today if I wanted to bad enough.
1: And like how we were talking about those talking points, how they're kind of like they don't lead to anything. I think it's because a lot of people on opposing sides refuse to, to actually listen to them, you know. Right. They'll just hear what you have to say and then, you know, they'll brush it aside and then uh, they'll believe what they believe, you
0: know. Sure. That Well, after that Las Vegas shooting, it's like, well, we need to get rid of bump stocks. Not How many people even knew what a fucking bump stock was before that? Yeah, I didn't even know what that was. Exactly. I'm a gun person. i was been in the military. I didn't know what a fucking bump stock was. And I knew that taking them away wasn't going to do shit. It's not going to do shit. In And... and eliminating the large round magazines it's not gonna do shit there's already how many are there out there already so yeah it's uh
1: guns will never be like removed from American culture um at least I don't believe so they're like so deep ingrained right um, and like who we are and what this country is that I don't think they'll ever go away uh, and I mean I don't see anything really wrong with that. But we can't just be like this, fucking, like gun crazy, like country. If that makes sense, no, like it it's no sense. There's there should be a limit, you know, to where, like, okay, like yeah, you're allowed to have guns, and you know that's fine. But at the same time, like you said, you know, just like a driver's license, you have to be trained, you have to pass a test, and you know, you have to get you know these thoroughly, uh, thorough. Uh, background checks and not not just that but i think it should be um like continuous you know like every few years um you have to retake your like your little eyesight test for for uh for your driver's license you know yeah If your eyesight's getting worse oh well you have to go get glasses first and then we'll give you your new license it, it should be like that too for guns uh in my opinion like yeah you pass the training class but come back, you know, like every year or every two years and you know, let's let's check you again. Let's make sure you're still like, you know, fit because uh people people change, you know, man. People go through shit in life and oh yeah. Um yeah. it changes them like, you know, like even us at work, like you know, I've heard people talk of uh like clients that we work with that, you know, were perfectly fine. Um and then something happened to them and they just, you know, a, a switch flipped in their head. And, you know, that could happen to anybody. You know, traumatic experiences happen to everybody.
0: Yeah, everybody Um, is not as resilient as everyone else. Right. So people take a hit and they go down. Some people take the exact same hit and they just keep going.
1: Right. So, you know, you might be, you know, perfectly fine in you know, owning a gun today. But, you know, in five years when your wife leaves you and your fucking all your dogs died. And, you know, all this shit happens to you and you're, you know, severely depressed and, you know, suicidal. Maybe it's maybe it's time to take a look at
0: that gun permit. And And your neighbor comes by and says, hey, man, can you turn that fucking music down? And then that's it. That was that's the thing. You're like, I can turn it down in a minute. Hold on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things, but that's too, you know, quote, radical for some people to think about. Because to them, no, they just want their guns and that's it. Leave me alone.
0: Yeah. Do, have you bought a gun here in California? Uh, no, I personally haven't. No, It's a fucking joke. It- it's a joke. It The test was, I don't know, I, if I remember, I was like 20 questions and you get to study for it right there and they give it to you. And it's so, it, oh, if you have ever owned a weapon in your life, you can pass the test. If you look at the paper for 20 minutes, you can pass the test. It's it's nothing. And the background check is good. I mean, if you've ever been in trouble, you're not going to get a gun. But, you know, like you said, I'm not in trouble on Tuesday. I, I could get in trouble on Wednesday, and now I have a gun.
1: And yeah, it, well, I mean, when it comes to, like, small gaps like that, I think it's kind of hard to regulate just because yeah. – You know, you're not going to be passing. They're not going to like be background checking you like every week, you know? But I think like a yearly thing, uh, or you're not the most like two years. um,
0: Well, it's even four years for your driver's license.
1: Yeah. But I mean, because like I said, we can't do it like, you know, every other week. Um, That's just way too, like, way too many resources. Yeah. Um, But, you know i don't see i personally don't see anything wrong with that and i think the fear of a lot of people uh especially in certain parts of the country is that if something like that was to happen um they would like deem them like unfit to to own a gun you know right um and then you know they might get taken away so for some people it might get taken away uh but that's simply because they were deemed you know whether you know psychologically or you know whatever the reason may be um unfit to tone a gun i don't um, think
0: we can do that though lalo because th- what's the baseline and who's going to agree what the baselines are i you would know?
1: probably just leave that to like
0: the professionals and well you know what i mean there's
1: there's like these uh people that um you know they could profile people yeah um, you know, there's profiles for everything for you know schizophrenic, uh, sociopath, all these things.
0: Yeah, driving in Compton.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> so like, you know, there's ways to determine like if you're okay, uh, if you're not okay, um, and it might be a little tedious, you know. But at the end of the day, like, what's what's tedious work compared to fucking people dying like in the masses every year? Yeah, and I mean, there you're never. I don't want to say never but it's I don't think mass shootings are going to go away anytime soon regardless of what we do. You know, you could fucking outright just ban guns like all of them. Right. And you will still get mass shootings guaranteed. But it's about it's more about um limiting uh the possibility of those things happening to when it comes to this, to mass shootings, I think to the greatest extent you possibly can because, you know, those are mass shootings. Those are people's lives. They're people dying. Yeah. Um, and those are very preventable deaths, you know. There's some things you can't prevent, but there's some things you really can. And I think this is when, This falls in that category of things you can't prevent. And we should be doing uh, everything we can to prevent those things, you know. And, you know, people would like to talk about, you know, oh, well, you know, it's going to start there. And then eventually, like, nobody's going to have guns. And, you know, even if guns are illegal, like, you know, criminals are criminals and they'll still get guns, you know, because they don't care because they're criminals. And like, yeah, I've heard all those, you know, all those like talking points before. But that's the point. Like, you make it hard for for one, uh, like regular people to get a gun legally, you know. And by hard, I mean, you know, like vigorous, like testing and uh, training and, you know, background checks and, you know, waiting periods, all these things make them actually mean something and make them uh, matter, you know. And then on the other end, uh, you, uh, you know, by doing that, it's going to limit like the amount of like illegal weapons and, you know, close all these little ass loopholes where, you know, oh, well, if you're a licensed dealer, you know. You have to get a background check to sell to anybody, but you know, private sale, private party, like you can sell that shit to anybody. Um, in some states, and you know, nobody would ever know.
0: Yeah, all all this really started after Reagan when when he got shot, and they they passed the Brady Bill. And you got to think that what is that? The early eighties. And nothing's changed. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And now we're in this point where, like, like I said, we have 393 million guns, 350 million people. and And everybody's like, well, we need stricter gun control. But the problem is, did you know the San Jose shooter passed the background check and every one of the weapons he used in that was legally purchased? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that
1: just tells me that the way these background checks and these things are done isn't the best it could be. Yeah. Um like you said, you know, that test was fucking easy as hell for you. And you know, you could pass it in 20 minutes of studying a book. Right. Like I don't think it should be that easy. It should be, you know, pretty difficult and the training should be extensive because at the end of the day, it's a gun you're buying. You're not buying, you know, a toy, you're not you know getting your driver's license it's a gun like a gun has very limited um uses mm-hmm. most of them involve you know destruction and damage to other people
0: <laughs> shooting another <laughs> human being yeah so
1: um if you're gonna have that sort of tool in your possession i think it should come with like great responsibility and great um like training and you know just everything that comes with that because it's a uh,
0: wholeheartedly agree but and you know, people don't
1: see it that way that's why we are where we are today to them it's just a right you know it's a gun like you know um it's just part of their life it's how they grew
0: up you know sure I guys um there's my motorcycle guy love that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not just the guns though dude it's you know i was reading this morning there's there's been like 500 passenger misconduct incidents just on Southwest Airlines in a month, and last I think it was this week that woman didn't want to wear her seatbelt and she stood up and knocked the two teeth out of out of an airline. What do you call? I used to call them stewardesses. What do you call them now? Um. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, language, that, the language that. changed. I didn't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's a passenger's like, I don't want to put my seatbelt on. Flight attendant. The flight go. attendant says, Well, you have to put it on. She stands up and knocks her fucking teeth out. Now it's not just guns. We and I we're a we're a violent culture. We're a violent society. And then you got people like uh and I Trump. Let's let's just call it what it is: Trump, Green, that fucking Gates guy, and and all these people are driving this conspiracy mongering, paranoid thing that you know, the the 2020 election was stolen, and and Marjorie Taylor Green with her Holocaust shit, and it, it's just this part of our culture that's just, I, I don't want to say sick. But I do want to say desperately in need of help. Unwell. Unwell. A great, great way to describe them. They're unwell.
1: I think uh, if you ask me, one of the biggest issues with the Republican Party is their inability to hold themselves accountable for anything. Um, Yeah. You know, I've read, you know, since this whole, like, uh Israel like Palestine thing started. Or not started, but like since it like ramped up a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was ago. gonna
0: say like five thousand years ago. Is that <laughs> <laughs> um
1: you know I've seen like AOC and like all these people on the left like uh bash just shit on fucking Biden for yes. like supporting Israel, you know? Yeah. And you will never get that on the right. You know, there's like you said there's people like uh Marjorie Taylor Green and Matt Gates. Like, have you seen what they're saying at these fucking rallies that they're that they're doing right now? Yes, I have. Yes, I
0: have. Um,
1: like, if you you're like, how can you hear that and then you're fucking over here, Kevin McCarthy? You know, like the leader of like you know the, the caucus and like pretty much you know one of the biggest Republicans in in Washington right now, and you just don't say anything about it. And when then when they ask you about it, you just kind of like try to sidestep the question like they don't take responsibility they don't take accountability and you know i've only been into politics like fairly recent i don't know if this is like a like a trend for them um but I, you could definitely see it right now like they they don't blame anything ever on themselves you know they vote against the uh that uh january 6th uh investigation like commission
0: oh uh, yeah and how could, Why? How could like, what, you not vote for that man seriously
1: and i mean what what was their excuse that oh it's in the past we should you know forget about it and move on or i've heard that oh well you know it's it's going to be super partisan like they're just going to make republicans look bad well i mean the, you'll only look bad if you had if you were fucking involved in it you know is that what they're afraid of and you know it's just all these little things but Nothing happens to them, and that's why they keep doing it. You know, they say all these crazy shit at, at these rallies, and nothing happens to them because they they're not held accountable. Um, so they 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 realize that they know that they're self aware that you know we could say we could pretty much say whatever the fuck we want, and you know yeah people on the left will get, be outraged, and you know they'll they'll be like a new cycle about it, and then it will just go away because. <laughs> Nobody in our own party cares enough to do something about it, to tell us, Hey, you better like, like what the fuck are you doing? You know, you can't be saying crazy shit like that. And, you know, they, they know that. And so they just keep doing it because they rile up that, that Trump base that just, you know, that they're like knee deep into fucking QAnon and like these conspiracies, you know, I've heard of what uh, Taylor green has said at these rallies about, you know, one of the things we're going to do is, you know, we're going to find out who really won Georgia in the presidential election. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, what? And you know, you just hear like this roar of a crowd behind her. And you know, Matt Gates, he was talking about how big tech is like censoring Republicans, and um, you know, he said they can't censor us, and you know, they can't censor this congressman. And literally, the next sentence, he said, you know, we we have a Second Amendment right in this in this country <laughs> and i think we should you know uh we're uh 100 uh we should be able to use it you know kind of implying like you know if they try to censor us we're gonna like fucking shoot them or something like to yeah. these big tech companies you don't think some like nut job with a sh- like a safe full of guns is gonna go to the fucking google headquarters and start shooting them up and then when whenever that happens you know people are gonna link it back to what he's saying and then they're gonna be like well i didn't I didn't directly say, you know, go shoot, you know, all these big tech companies. Yeah, like, but there were the-
0: veiled threats there, and that's right. That's the problem.
1: But then n- nothing's going to happen to them. Nothing will happen to him. He won't be indicted. He won't be, you know, charged with, you know, inciting violence. And he just go on living his life. And that goes for everybody. That goes for all of them. You know, Kevin McCarthy is always talking about, you know, uh, like when they ask him about Biden, like, do you believe, you know, he won this this election fair and square? Like, uh, he'll kind of like admit it a little bit, you know. Right. Uh, but then you see him like over here meeting with like Trump and in like Florida and like having dinner with him, and it just like feeds into that like rhetoric of, you know, he's he's like the illegitimate president and stuff like. Like, why are you meeting with Trump? Like, what's the point of that? But because you know, at the end of the day, he's still the leader of the Republican Party. And they know that. Uh which like behind so door, it's but so what they odd. portray is that they're trying to move on from Trump. But like secretly they're not trying. That's why they're still saying all this crazy shit to keep that base long enough for the next uh election, you know, to vote for them. Yeah. To vote for whoever, you know, they're gonna have as a candidate. So they wanna I think they're playing, like, this kind of, like, 2 faced game right now where, you know, to the media and, like, you know, to the general public, they want to, like, uh, show this facade of, like, you know, trying to move on from Trump. But then they say, like, these, like, little, like, you know, behind-your-breath type of things that kind of, like, it would, like, trigger the base. Like, oh, look, you hear what they said? Like, you know, that means they're still on our side. like They still believe that, you know, something's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't see that you see like McCarthy running to have dinner with Trump. You never, I don't think Chuck Schumer's ever ran to have dinner with Barack Obama. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's gone and the Republican party can't move on from him. But the thing is, dude, I saw McCarthy on the local news the other day and they were asking him, it's like, what about this January 6th thing? And he was like, Well, I voted against it and I don't support it because there's two other there's two other uh, inquiries into it and they'll be reporting within weeks. If you look into that, no, there's not. It's just these things that they say that are just outright blatant fucking lies. And people are like, well, the reason we don't need the other one is because we've got two more McCarthy said. But if you look into it, they're not really what he said they are. So then you've got that. You've got people who won't stand up to Trump. You got people who do stand up to him like Mitch McConnell but he says things like well Marjorie Taylor Greene is wrong but if anything's going to happen it, it it probably has to come from the house if they're yeah. going to do anything about it it's somebody else's problem and McCarthy Unless- says it's somebody else's problem and Greene meanwhile goes and has a fucking birthday party with tens of thousands of people riding around in a Hummer you know waving an American flag talking about the Holocaust, all this fucking nonsense. And that huge base, she's got a ha- like a half a million followers in Georgia on Twitter. That fucking woman is dangerous. She's just, yeah. it's just that <laughs> simple. She's dangerous because she represents this outlying lunacy. In my opinion, you can't say, that having to wear a mask was like having to have a star fucking tattooed on you. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no, she makes no sense. But the thing is, she drives that conspiracy mongering and paranoia. And that somehow makes people feel better that they believe things that aren't true. And I, I don't, I don't, I do understand it in some ways because it's just been, I've watched it happen. I've watched it unfold. So there is an explanation for it, but it's kind of, it's kind of sad what we're doing right now.
1: Yeah. Cause they're feeding into these people's like, uh, like those deep, like conspiracy theories that they believe. And, you know, it gives them validation to believe those things. You know, if yeah. they hear like a phrase or like a sentence that kind of like hints at what, what they think, you know, when she says, we'll, we'll find out who really won Georgia in the presidential election, you know, all those people that believe in like QAnon and all this, you know, stolen election, uh, shit like that to them. That's just like, like, oh, they're on our side. Like they know, they know it's real too. So, yeah. you know, there's no way I could be wrong. If you know, these, you know, people in power believe it too. Like, then there's no way I can be wrong. Well, and about, it's just,
0: what about Trump? It, you know, he's, He's in flames right now, like with the uh, New York Attorney General. I mean, they've convened a, a court on him. And it, what, what's going to happen if he's guilty? <laughs> what's going to happen? They'll just happen? say that
1: the system was rigged against them to silence him and yeah. all this like, BS. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really like no... Like I said for a lot of people there's no like getting through to them like i don't think what it would take i have no idea what it would take for them to like to see the light you know
0: okay so let's take that back let's take all that thought and go take it back to the guns think about it how are you going to convince people that what they think about the way they think about this weaponry is flawed and we're not you know it's it's like I'm not telling you you're completely fucking wrong there, Jethro, but what I am telling you is when all these people are getting shot, and when all these people these mass shootings and and all this violence and all these things that are happening and it it circles back, I need a gun to protect myself from the violence that's proliferated by fucking guns and you got to stop that circle somewhere and i don't know how to get into these people's minds and say listen it's just a matter of of common sense but their common sense dictates that i have guns in my life
1: and i mean like like i said for some people there is no getting through and the only thing we can do is you know pass legislature and pass laws and pass bills to you know to kind of forcefully change society around them and, you know, they they probably won't ever change. And I think when it comes to like big societal changes like that, like changing the mindset of a whole you know country when it comes to something, mm-hmm. it's not something that you're going to do by convincing the uh, opposition uh, at the current state. You know, it's something that's going to happen by, like I said, changing the laws around them and then waiting for like generations to kind of catch up to them. You know, you're not going to change, you know, Billy Bob's fucking ideals, but, you know, their kids might, or their grandkids might, because, you know, ideas could only go so far and, you know, yeah, they might pass it down to like their children or like their grandchildren, Right. but at some point, um, you know, these kids, a lot of them, you know, they start, you know, thinking for themselves and, you know, they, a lot of people move away or like they'll go away to college and that's really when, you know, they see, like that there's other people that, you know, they, they get out of that echo chamber that they, they've lived in their whole life. Hmm. And, um,
0: good description, man.
1: There's, they begin to like open their minds and, you know, I've seen a lot of people that, you know, they say they grew up like deep South, like super conservative households and, you know, and all it takes for them is to get out of that. And it like changes their minds on a lot of things. Yeah. You're talking one. (laughs) Exactly. so, so, it's It's one of those things where it's it takes time to make big changes like that, but those big changes are only made by doing the little things like uh, passing legislation, you know voting the right people in office um, and just you know chipping away at these at these things you want to change. I know it's not going to be like you know a flip of a switch overnight type of thing, but we have to you know start walking in the right direction. Or else, you know, we're just walking in place and nothing's going to change. And I think we are doing that. I think we are, you know, taking steps in the right direction. Um, when it comes to, like, you know, the people that we're electing into office, there are a lot more, uh, you know, when even, like, people like AOC, you know, uh, or, like, Bernie Sanders, like, when was the last time that you, like, recall, like, House members being so, like, prominent in politics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where they had a lot of influence they had a lot of you know AOC might have you know just like one vote in the house but her influence uh reaches far greater than that yeah uh and you know she worries a lot of republicans on the other side because they know what she's able to do and you know they know that you know if her you know quote radical ideas uh get enough traction like they're going to you know there's going to be more people more and more people that you know, actually listen to what she has to say. And, you know, there's going to be some people that are going to be like, well, you know, that's not so bad. That doesn't sound bad at all. And, you know, you don't have to convince everybody. You just have to convince enough people. Just yeah. enough to, you know, pass the bill or, you know, vote them into office.
0: Well, I, again, I'm another one of those people. I, When Bernie was rolling and AOC was rising, I was in opposition to him. I was like, nah, that's too fucking much, too fast. And then the more I start to see and the more I start to listen. And then I hear that, you know, Bernie Sanders won a lot of prelims and he was just pushed to the side because, uh, you know, the states would, Hillary's our our candidate, even when he she lost a popular vote in dozens of states, including West Virginia, where I'm from. And you got to think, how fucking crazy is that, that these people have these good ideas and we just push them off to the side. I'm was one of them. And like the longer I listen to AOC, the longer I listen to Bernie, I'm like, that's fucking all that is is reasonable. That's just, it's not radical. It's just reasonable that you would give people fucking health care. It's just reasonable that you would pull people out of poverty. It's just fucking reasonable that you would educate your population. But instead, we have these people like, you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, just like they did in the past. No, they did not. No, they did not. We have helped one another for years, decades, decades centuries we've assisted one another and and helped out and government's been there to help and now all of a sudden because capitalism has reached this point of this tipping point it's like we have to support capitalism no matter what at the expense of whoever it takes we got to keep the situation as is and we don't we need to turn it around and if it's slow, it's slow. But Lala, we got to turn this shit around.
1: Yeah. And like you were saying, um, we're like at this tipping point. And I think, you know, if if I could like put on my little tinfoil hat for a little bit. <laughs> um, the thought of that scares a lot of people in this country. Um, I think a little on both sides, but mostly on the Republican side. Because, you know, like I say, like almost every single episode, when it comes to Republicans, it's about money and power. And that's what capitalism is. That's what it provides. It provides capital. And with capital, you gain power, you know? Right. Um, So to take that away from them or to try to change that, to try to change, you know, the whole system that's based on capitalism and kind of, like, pull out the rug under their feet, you know? They don't like that, and a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people, you know, free healthcare, There's we're, like, the only, like, industrialized country that doesn't have some sort of, like, universal healthcare. Right. Like, do people realize that? Like, we're the only country in the world like that. And, you know, people will say, well, like, you know, go to Canada, go to England, like, see how it's working out for them like, I guarantee you it's working out better than it is for here. Like, you know, I've seen videos of people asking like Europeans, like, how much do you think it costs to call, to call an ambulance in America? And literally the first thing they say is it's not free. You mean it's not free? (laughs) Like, cause to them, even the thought of that is absurd. Like it's an ambulance. Like it's, it's supposed to save your life. You know, like that's, that's what it's meant to do. Like, why would you charge people for that? And, you know, <laughs> and then I've heard people say, you know, they'll, they'll get in like accidents and they'll be like, no, don't call an ambulance because I can't afford it. Right. Like that shit's fucking like, what? How does that not click with you? Why that I that's don't want not your right?
0: blood on my velour seat, man. Come on. Does anybody have a tarp? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's just, like. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's like if you call 911, you're like, my house is on fire. Well, um, can I get your credit card number? <laughs>
1: right so it's like it's these things like they're like they're good ideas like universal health care you know trying to get as many people out of poverty as you possibly can you know we're the richest most powerful country in the world and it's not even close uh and we have millions of people living in poverty
0: yeah like why is that literally millions of kids going to bed hungry what the fuck really
1: like how is that Like, how is that a thing, Uh, you know? And, I mean, if you ask me, it all comes back to capitalism because capitalism is about, like I said, capital, money, and power. And with that, you get greed. And when people become greedy, you know, um, they disregard other other human beings because they don't care because it's all about them. I don't care if I exploit you because I benefit from it. You know, why would I take... You know, I make 20 million dollars uh as a CEO. Why would I cut that in half to give you more money? Right. As an as employees when I could just keep those 10 million dollars and, you know, save them for myself and, you know, buy another yacht or something.
0: Yeah, and that's what, you know, they they have those excuses. Of, well, I'm I'm doing it for the future of my family. Bullshit. You're not. You're doing it you know, to see how much you and can get before you expire.
1: Right, and it's like and once they do, like where does that money go? It just keeps it gets handed down to like the next generation of like you know their Beatty kid <laughs> yeah so it's i really do believe like you like you said we're at a tipping point where you know it's one of those things where you know you always see it in like old like medieval movies or something where like you know the servants are like have had enough yeah and they like revolt and like storm the castle yeah and i i think we're pretty close to that because a lot more people especially young people are becoming more like self-aware of the situation and the climate and the system and the society that we live in. You know, I don't think socialism or like communism has been more popular in the United States than, than today, like in the history of the United States, well, I agree. you know, they've, you know, they've tried so hard to paint it as like, you know, this big evil, like Russian Chinese thing. And, you know, people are actually starting to listen to it and study it and learn about it and see how, you know, why it hasn't worked in other places. Right. And, you know, because it's never been implemented the way it's meant to be implemented. Um, You know, some of that comes from, you know, greed from other countries. Like, uh, you know, if there's a lot of countries that have tried to implement socialism, but then some of those powerful people in those countries get greedy and they fuck it up, you know? Yeah. Or a lot of the times, most of the time, it's other countries... um, influencing uh those countries that are trying to change you know the united states has does that every single time there's tries to be like a social revolution you know when it comes to like vietnam or like venezuela they interfere in you know in what they call the fight against communism
0: and the because domino I, effect in vietnam yeah if we let yeah vietnam because fall oh my god
1: yeah and you know the tinfoil hat person to me says part of that is because if it succeeds in these countries, people will start... If it succeeds in any country, the way it's supposed to, like, work, actually work, people will start to see, like, oh, shit, like, that's better than what we have here, you know? Because there's a lot more poor people in the United States than rich people.
0: Well, And it, oh it would benefit...
1: Yeah. So it's going to benefit, you know, the that... You know separation of of the wealth gap would benefit a vast majority of people in this country you know but it's hard to make that change because you know even though a vast majority of people you know want more money want better healthcare, want you know all these you know all these things to better their lives the few people that you know the very few people that have the money they also have all the power so it's hard to change it when there's you know when they have all this power and all this influence, you know, pushing back at you.
0: Well, you have, you have a situation where the, the powerful have the money, but they justify that they have the money because it's like, well, I, I need this bank account because what if there's an emergency and what if I need, and what if my family needs, and I need to take care of myself and my family, but they, they don't stop to think that, okay, if I took away all the fucking things that could be an emergency, like your health care, if your health got bad, and it's going to cost you a million dollars to get rid of cancer. Okay, we'll just take that away. So you don't need that million dollars in the bank anymore. But now what do you what are you keeping it for? Well, you know, what if this happens to me? What if my house burns? You know, what if what if what if and we justify our greed, and we watch other people suffer? And we say, well, they just didn't make the right decisions and that's not true at all we need to change the mindset of the rich to be uh, you don't need that much fucking money you don't need more money than you can spend in a fucking lifetime and however whatever baseline that is is whatever it is but even when you implement socialism even when you even when you implement Communism, you still have that class thing. You have the masses and the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, and you still have the fucking problems that you have. We need to change the way human beings think, and that is Lalo, that's an impossibility. I don't I don't see that happening. I don't see us ever as a world getting together to go, okay, we're a planet. And we need to take care of our home. We need to take care of this planet because you'll always have the Chinese who are the worst polluters in the world. And they're like, Hey, man, we got to make money. Yeah,
1: um, I think it's very
0: You just went dead, man.
1: can you hear me now yeah all right sorry um i think it's like you said um but i don't think it's impossible it's just like i said like everything it's gonna take a long time but you're right um when it comes to like you know history has shown us that you know regardless of what um system like economic system people live in like there's always going to be like class division and sure you know something that separates people and creates divide you know but i mean when it comes to the economic systems that you know we think of today uh i think there's one of them that's a lot better equipped to to guide us into that what you were saying you know changing the way humans think And, you know, you could it's simple. It's as simple as looking at the name of it. You know, one of them is capitalism. It's in the name.
0: Like it's capital. Yeah, it's
1: capital. Like that capital is about, you know, money and property and, you know, material things. And when it comes to socialism, it's about the people. It's about society. And, you know, almost every issue we have in the United States can be traced back to socioeconomic reasons. And those reasons are because capitalism has failed in one way or the other. Uh, And with capitalism, like I mentioned earlier, comes greed. So we have to, and you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but like you said, you know, we have to change the mind of the rich. I don't think that's possible because when you become, you know, that rich and powerful, like, you don't want any of that taken away from you. You don't want, even if when they take some away, you'll still be rich and powerful. I think just the thought of, you know, you losing for other people to gain for, in in their mind, it's for no reason. Like they didn't work for what I have. Why should it be taken away from me and given to them? You know, right. I don't think you could change that, you know, within those people. So I think you just have to. You know, and it's going to sound a little cynical and a little, you know, this is what Republicans are always saying, like, oh, to be afraid of. Like, you just have to force it on them. Okay. Like, you're not going to give away, you know, their billions of dollars voluntarily, like, you know, overnight. Like, you you have to tax them. You have to, you know, close all these tax loopholes. Um, and, you know, whether they like it or not, it's going to benefit society and benefit people overall they might not like it and guess what that's okay and guess what i also don't give a fuck if they like it or not i care more about you know the average people because there's a far more of those people than there are billionaires in the world or in the united states you know right if there's a billionaire sad because they took you know 40 or 35 percent of his of his uh annual income or his annual gains Like, cry me a river, dude. You're a fucking billionaire. (laughs) I care more about the fucking poverty-stricken kids in, like, these fucking neighborhoods across the country that, like you said, they're going to bed hungry. They're starving. Some of them die. Uh, You know, they're getting, you know, bad education, uh, you know, growing up in these, you know, terrible uh, neighborhoods. I'm worried more about them because they, you know, it's... It's like human suffering, like you're promoting human suffering and you're saying basically like you don't care, you know, and I don't think that's right for me personally.
0: Well, you know, as I sit here and it's not just the mindset of the rich that we need to change. It's also the mindset of the poor because it, I just wa- I just watched a person who had nothing get a lump sum of money. And had no idea what to do with it and just blew it. And that seems to be pretty normal because you can see the tax time. You got poor people who get their taxes back and they had two kids and, you know, maybe they get a, a check for five, $6,000 and they don't catch up their bills. They don't put anything in the bank. They, they buy big televisions and they, they blow this money <laughs> You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's the mindset of the rich man who's like, I don't want to give up what I have. And here's the mindset of the poor saying, I want to live like the rich man. So when I get this lump sum of money, I'm just going to fucking blow it anyway. And it's going to end up back in the hands of the rich man. So, and I and I, I know that sounded person, not man. <laughs> But the thing is, we are so geared towards capitalism that even our poverty-stricken people are feeding into it. They're not trying to take care of themselves. They're just trying to – they want that feeling of being rich. You know, I, I got me a big old TV and that makes me feel better. Well, what about your gas bill and what about all the things that you really need to do and feed yourself better? And they're stuck in this loop of, I want to look, I, I want to appear to be better than I am. And the rich person who's guarded to, to keep that status and everybody wants the same status, but we're not thinking about the rich person needs to say, I need to lower my status down to take care of more people. And the poor person needs, I need to control myself and and try to live a better life and try to look forward in time. Instead of saying, I got $30,000 right now, man, I'm going to fucking party. Stop doing that. So the whole culture, capitalism has poisoned all of us, dude. All yeah. of us. I mean, it's, it's all we know. It's all we've ever yeah. done. Yeah. Um, You know,
1: when you live in a system for your entire life, it's kind of, you know, it's like that thing we, that is odd gap that we talked about uh, a while back where, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to know what things ought to be like when all you know is how things are right. in your current life. So it it would... And, you know, that's where I think the government comes uh, comes into play. Um, you know, giving people, like, the ability to... You know, like, the government would, you know, pass these taxation laws and, you know, increase taxes for these, like, super wealthy people. And, you know, they will redistribute that wealth you know in ways that you know they can see the best fit and you know that sounds kind of you know a lot of people kind of question that like well you know how do you know the government's going to do the right thing and what we also have to realize is that we are the government like we vote we have to vote these the correct people into power into office right the ones that you know we know are going to do the right thing that we trust that We believe in because that's how our democracy works you know it's crazy how most aspects of this country are democracies except when it comes to the workplace you know most if not all workplaces here are you know like super authoritarian you have a manager you have a supervisor you have a boss right uh their decisions impact you and your decisions don't impact them at all they are your boss. They are above you. They are, you know, they control your job. If they want to fire you. They could fire you, right? And when it comes to everything else, it's a democracy. When it comes to voting, we're in, we're a democracy. But the percentage comes- of
0: people to that vote? That's oh, right something. now
1: it's pretty pretty low. Yeah. But I mean, like that system is in is in place, you know, for for voting, right? For our government, but it's not in there for our workplace for the way we earn our living every day. See, to me, that doesn't make much sense. Like, that should be the same across the board. Like, everything we do, in my eyes, should be uh, a democracy. Because that's the only way you're going to get, like, truly, like, like, in my opinion, like, true fairness.
0: Oh, I get it. You didn't take off your tinfoil hat. You need to take that off, dude.
1: <laughs> you want to hear a super, like, tinfoily hat idea that I've kind of begun to, yeah. uh, like, adopt? Well, Yeah. Um, i think like the more i think about it um the more i i think it should like it should be a thing that's like a reality and you know it's gonna sound kind of crazy for a lot of people it sounds crazy because it's just a normal thing like we don't even think about this for most people is the 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 acquisition of of private property and when i say private property i don't mean like uh like if you buy a house or like if you go buy like you know a tv or whatever like that's personal property that's you live there that's your personal property but what i mean in private property is these people that you know they're super rich they go buy you know five houses and then they just you know fix them up and then rent them out you know right and then that's like their passive income you know and you know a lot that's such that has like such like positive uh Like rhetoric behind it, you know, passive income, like, oh, you don't have to do anything and you're just making money, you know, uh, you just, these people pay you rent and you know, you make money. But just like the thought of that, like you're capitalizing, you're exploiting people's need for, for shelter, for roof over their head. Like you're taking advantage that people need a place to live or else they'll be homeless and probably die for you to make money. Right. So like when it comes to like landlords, uh, or like you like even like huge like office buildings that like this like this one dude owns and he Mm -hmm. just rents it out to like a bunch of small businesses, you know, and like they pay him rent for like their office space, right? Like even our building, you know, at work, like we don't own that building;
0: it's owned by someone else. It's owned by
1: somebody else, and we just you know we we rent it out. Like to me, that should not be a thing. Like if you like you shouldn't be exploiting other people's need for for like living commodities that you need to survive if that makes sense it
0: does but capitalism is exploitive that's what it is
1: like rent shouldn't be a thing like you should just be able to buy like wherever you live
0: oh man yeah i got to say you know in 1940 my grandfather bought a house and 6 acres to farm for 400 bucks, <laughs>
1: $400. And I mean, it's and one of, now, like I said, it's one of those things we don't think about. Cause like, you know, like how common is it for like, Oh, I need to pay rent this month. Or like, Oh, I can't do this. I got to save up for my rent or I'm late on rent. Right? Like it's just, it's just part of society that we live in. Like it's we don't even question part
0: of our language that we don't question.
1: Yeah, and it's
0: everybody knows what you mean when you say fuck, I don't think I'm going to make rent this month. Everybody knows what that means.
1: Yeah, so it's like and I just want to say one thing cuz I know there's some people that think when it comes to like socialism and like social programs uh it means like you get shit for free. And you know like you're telling me there's people that think you know, well, nothing in life is free. If, if you got something for free, that means somebody somewhere paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Well, like, week. like, we all pay for everything. Like, we all pay taxes, regardless of how poor you are. You know, even when you go buy a fucking Gatorade at the corner store, you're yeah. paying taxes on everything. Everything, every single social program, every single thing the government spends money on comes from us. You know, the reason Jeff Bezos is fucking the richest man on earth Is because he's fucking, you know, we pay, we buy all this shit from Amazon, we pay taxes on him. Yeah. All that, all his wealth comes from us. So whenever you tax the super rich, you're taking back some of the money that you paid to them. So nothing, I agree, you know, nothing in life is free. And I'm not saying you're getting free stuff, I'm saying you're getting stuff that you should be entitled to because you worked for it. You know, you work your ass off fucking. Some people work, you know, 60 hours a week or, you know, like more than 40 hours a week, you know, busting their ass. I think you should be rewarded for that uh, far more than just your, you know, your $15 an hour paycheck that you get. I think so too. Because to me personally, our productivity and our, uh, the value we bring to, you know, these companies and these jobs far exceeds the paycheck that we get.
0: But somehow... we, we have all these people out of work and here's the guy working 60 hours a week or the girl working 65 hours a week and the person sitting home because they can't get a job because it, it's more cost effective to work that fucker into the ground than it is to hire two people to do two people's job. That's the thing. And so we got all these people who are, uh, who could be working and taking the burden off the, the truck drivers and the, the people that are working these fucking crazy hours, you could just hire another person, but you can't do that because then you got, you got to pay taxes and you got to pay unemployment and you, this and that. It's so it's easier just to pay that guy a little bit of overtime and don't, and just work him to death.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think that's going to be about that tipping point. We're talking about that, you know, that final straw is going to be, when people realize like when us like as a society realize our like actual worth you know yeah and what we bring when it comes to like capital and what we bring when it comes to productivity to these you know companies that we work for um uh, you know a dude flipping burgers at McDonald's will make like you know at least here in California like close to 15 an hour right i guarantee you he brings in more than 15 an hour a value to that restaurant every single day that he works there
0: yes he, does. yes he does you know
1: they make millions of dollars daily every single day you know if not billions you know across the world as a company like you know something someplace like mcdonald's so you know and we've been kind of like trying we've been brainwashed to think you know it's a minimum wage job like it's flipping burgers it's you know it's trivial like what why do you want you know more money you know anybody could do that but no, I, what they I don't real what they don't realize is like we bring the value to all these companies like we bring the true value and by we I mean like the workers you know
0: yeah and you said we got to close this up and I'll close it with this man you said we're reaching a tipping point and you're right and when things all happen and and all these people realize you know this is this has to stop. I'm glad I have a gun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I have a gun because who knows what's going to happen when this, when this collapses, I hope it's not in my lifetime. I would, I'm not wishing anything on anybody, but damn dude, when, when you talk about, uh, when you talk about a society collapsing, when Russia fell, it, there wasn't a lot of violence in Russia because that's what Russian culture was. People lined up for bread and they lined up for food and they tried to get help and they helped each other in this country. We're just going to fucking burn down and start shooting.
1: I hope that it's a, it's a social revolution. Oh
0: man. <clears throat> Both.
1: Um, because I mean, like you said, that's not very, uh, not very violent as opposed to other sorts of revolution. Right. But, you know, kind of like through our avenues that we have right now, you know, whether it be um, like laws, government, um, to make the changes we we need or to make the changes we think will benefit us as a whole. You know, like I said earlier, if you're making a billionaire a slightly less rich billionaire, I could care less. (laughs) I'm not going to shed a single tear for anybody like that. You know, if you're making five hundred thousand dollars a year, and you go down to four fifty, again, not a big deal. You're going to be fine.
0: <laughs> you're going to be fine. And but you just when gave you fifty thousand people an extra dollar that year, and if you keep doing that, you know, <laughs> seriously. But when
1: yeah, so you know, if you're a super like I said, super wealthy person, take a little bit more, you're going to be fine. If you you're a super poor person making fifteen dollars an hour. And all of a sudden you start making twenty-five, thirty dollars an hour, guess what? That changes your life.
0: It sure does. But these people also need to learn how to handle that extra income.
1: And that they will. I mean, with uh with time because it's gonna be um it's easier to handle it when it's uh, steady like that. Like you were mentioning earlier, you know, like all these people that win the lottery and shit and they yeah. go broke like two years later. Right. Um it's kind of hard to handle like a big lump sum on money like that, but when you're like just continuously making like more money and you know actually able to afford things that you know you couldn't afford before. Um, yeah, you start to manage,
0: implement it a little at a time. Like you know, we don't, and we are doing that. I will admit, we're not going we're not jumping from $7 an hour to 15 overnight. We're doing what's 10 this year and two years later, it'll be 12 and then another year 14. So you're actually introducing it a little bit at a time. So education, self-education is going to come with that in the beginning. You're when you start to have extra income, you spend it. And then as you have more extra income over a period of time and you start to save it, you start to save it. And that's what happened to me. I caught up all my bills. I, um, and then I tried to fix my, uh, my credit score. And then when that happened, it changed my life to the point where, well, now I have a good credit score if I can get some money in the bank if I need something. And you start to think differently from that poverty mindset, which is like, I have to fucking survive this month. And you, I slowly went from that into, okay, how much money can I put in the bank this month? And it becomes that game. And yeah, I, I appreciate that, but it's still at the same time. I wish I didn't have to think like, what if something happens and and I get sick? I still have to think about things like that. And I don't, I I don't think it's it's right because we all get sick, and it's the healthcare system capitalizing on the fucking inevitable is what's happening. Yeah,
1: you can't, you know, you can't apply. Uh, free market uh, ideals when it comes to healthcare right. because you know people say you know supply and demand like if you're a diabetic there is no supply and demand when it comes to insulin like you need that shit or you else you die,
0: or you die right? so
1: whatever they set the price at you have to pay or die those are your two options so there's no free market uh, fucking capitalism there that's fucking exploitation and just pure evil in my opinion. There you go. You Definitely know, when it comes to healthcare, like you either get it, you either pay for it or you die. That should never be a choice that anybody, you know, in this world makes, let alone the United States.
0: We need to uh we need to come back and talk about our healthcare system because we're almost at an hour and a half and I'm sure we'd bored the buck out of some people. So <laughs> Yeah. We'll come back and talk about it.
1: I could talk about uh the evils of capitalism for a long time well and how it's intertwined and and things we don't even think about and right like so
0: you you got your tenfold take your fucking hat off man (laughs) (laughs) well it's been a good it's been a good morning buddy we got to cut her short all right sounds good yeah um this has been a thoroughly wrong project as always we may have said something to offend you please stop and think about what we said i don't think anything's been out of the ordinary here and as always this has been bob and lalo and remember the thoroughly wrong project it's built into the title we could have been thoroughly fucking wrong and that's our right see you next time lalo later man later You have now experienced The Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong@gmail.com at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember... Always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.